This is the Big Little Podcast, where we dig into the stories and the leaders behind the small businesses that are showing up big for our community. So many of us love the Pacific Northwest because of the opportunity it affords us to connect to the great outdoors. But how do you translate a passion for the outdoors into a business, actually multiple businesses? Sandeep Nine left his career in tech six years ago after falling in love with climbing. He now owns Miar Adventures and its partner retail store in Woodenville, as well as Ascent Outdoors and Ascent Cycles in Ballard. He shares his story on getting all of these businesses off the ground while raising a young family, navigating COVID, and focusing on increasing diversity on the trails and in the mountains. I assume you yourself are an outdoorsy person, but how did you decide to launch a business around this? I worked at Amazon, Microsoft, and Expedia. Yeah, when I came to Seattle, the first thing was I was just in love with all the greenery and the mountains and the lake, and I just loved the outdoors here and got into hiking, climbing, and started to take mountaining course with mountaineers. I was also involved with a uh, with an Indian charity called Asha for Education and started to run their uh, the, uh, the fundraising climbing program for them where we would teach or um, take take them on training hikes and all like a lot of mostly from Indian community, but sometimes non-Indians too. And they were, you know, maybe these moms or girls or guys from India who haven't done much back in India in terms of uh, recreation because it's just not very common and mountains are not very accessible either from most lot of India. I mean, of course, North India, we have Himalayas, uh, but it's very education or career focused and uh, uh, work focus so it's it's all new for us so to so i helped them we helped them train and then they would climb mount baker and mount rainier and along with they will do fundraising and the reason i'm telling you that is along with you know my love of outdoors i realized that my love of uh, inspiring or helping people or training them uh, to go up on these mountains like uh, when we think of outdoor or climbing and mountaineering it's the stereotypical white male um, a lot of time young, you know, that, that comes in mind. Um, so like I would go on, uh, for example, biking on, uh, on the, on a trail on near exit 38 and I will see many, many people rock climbing there. And mostly you will see, as I was saying, you know, uh, it's very common to see white male compared to, I mean, slowly it's been changing, but I'm talking about 2003 when I came here. Uh, so it can be intimidating for, for the people to come in and, and join, uh, join the outdoor. So I was able to inspire a lot of, uh, a lot of Indian people, especially uh, being from that community to so they can relate with me better. And uh, like we had one client where we had uh, probably we must have made a record because we had 24 people uh, on the summit of Rainier uh, and 20, 22 of them were, you know, Indians uh, at the same time. So that's uh, but anyway, so to coming back why I started. Uh, so I love of my outdoors. Uh, and also enjoying the uh, training people and all that. So I felt good about about that. And then I, back in 2014, I was in India doing an expedition in Miar Valley with a couple of friends here. And we did a, uh, we did like three first ascents and all. And I was there for more than a month. And my partner, uh, I mean, we were expecting a baby. And I was thinking about going back to tech industry and Expedia, which I enjoyed, but it just doesn't give me enough time to go to outdoors as I was becoming like I was dev manager at that time. Plus a new baby coming, like I, I knew I was going to be busy with that and I wanted to enjoy more time with my baby uh, as well as outdoors. So I decided to quit tech. And around that time is when I decided that uh, uh, it'd be best if I let the tech go and uh, get into get into the outdoor and make it a profession. 
uh, and uh, some of what I uh, what I told you, like whether it was mountaineers and I was a little bit teaching there also, uh, or or uh, being in a leadership role at the Asha Climbing Program that helped me give that confidence that I can um, I can help people get out. Um, so that that was the start of it. This is something I think about a lot as somebody who is is very much engaged and involved with the outdoors and is very much a white woman. And there is a serious lack of diversity um, on the trails, on on bikes, I mean, in every kind of outdoor community. And I think both about, I mean, from your perspective, you're saying you, you, you grew up and not only, you know, it just wasn't part of your world. So not only were you new to this as an activity, but then to not see examples or other models and mentors who look like you or had your same background out on the trails. It's you've got to create a new cultural connection to it and then create safe spaces for people to be a part of it. Definitely. I was mostly running it from home while, while taking care of the baby or newborn and talking to prospective clients while changing diaper and things like that. And uh, from there, we realized slowly as it started to grow that we need a space for guide gear and rental gear, and it was getting hard to do it from the garage. So I, I rented a place for mostly for that. But then that got my foot into retail, outdoor retail, and we started to carry some because our you know customers would come and ask for, ask for gear. So we started to carry some. And uh, along with that, a local, some of the local other people, which who are not directly our guiding customer, they uh, they also started to. Uh, so we become this small small store in Redmond, uh, come, you know, much much smaller than than even like Second Ascent or uh, any of the other stores in the area. More, mostly focusing on rock shoes, climbing gear, and mountain gear, and all that, and a one person shop basically, right? Yeah. Uh, and from there. 20, I guess 19 is when I heard about a friend of mine called and that, hey, did you hear about it? Second Ascent, there is, it's closed. There is a sign on front of it. And of course, like everyone else in the community and uh, we, I was, I was totally surprised and disappointed or feeling, uh, feeling, you know, what happened. And like one of my first 20, 2003 or 2004, I was visiting Second Ascent, uh, buying used gear and, you know, as, as a, as a new guide, outdoor gear can be pricey and all. So to to have those options, as well as the staff who was uh, who is not looking at you like who is this person walking in and you know giving you looks because which which can happen at places, um, uh, like to be able to talk to them in a in an easy way. That's uh, so I had a connection with Second Ascent from from that time from very beginning when I started to hike and climb uh, when I came here. So of course I was very you know uh, so. One one thing to another, and uh, some talking to some friends, I decided to give my experience and uh, love for outdoors and all. It would be something cool if I can make it work. Uh, so I reached out and found out about uh, more details and ended up buying uh, uh, buying the assets and reopening the store at the same location. So that's that's how I got into Second Ascent or and the bike store with it. It's an incredible amount of growth in just six years. And oh, I mean, one of those years was is a pandemic, and uh, many of those, all of those years involved a baby. So that's a lot <laughs> of growth. Um, talk to me. I about... have. Sorry, like I have three babies since uh, 2004. So yeah, I have three kids in addition Gosh, to now three, darn it. three businesses. <laughs> you are making me feel very lazy. I could barely get down to sit for this interview because the cat was being annoying and you're, you got a business up and running with three babies. Well, kudos to you. Um, so you've, 
had a lot of growth over the last six years. Um, I guess how, where, what does that growth look like for you as an entrepreneur? Like where did that, especially coming off from the tech industry and, you know, being in the big picture, pretty new to the outdoor world, what was it like from your like coming into a new industry, coming into a new world, how, what has that growth felt like to you? Like where have been the biggest successes? Where have you been really challenged over the last six years? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I mean, first, the, talking of the change, right? I, I very much remember 2004 when I started, uh, not uh, like how it was like a one man, one man everything, whether it's building website or figuring out uh, red tape or how to get permit or insurance and all of that while, while also kind of being stay home dad, taking care of all that and being an, as you're saying, outsider to this whole uh, whole outdoor business, which is primarily again run by uh, white white male, whether it's guiding or, you know, if you meet any outdoor reps and all that, it's just, that's, that's what the stereotypical is. So I, I definitely felt very outsider and unsure about anything, right? Like, I, I mean, I loved outdoors and I knew I could, I could work with people, but running a business is different than taking them voluntarily on, on hikes and training them and all of that. Uh, so that was, that was very hard. Um, and uh, I felt like there was not much support or not much, uh, uh, networking available specific to you know this field on how to how to do things, and I was I was very unsure. From there to now, uh, I definitely you know feel like very comfortable with the whole outdoor industry, whether it's guiding or retail or e-commerce or uh, you know accounting or like any of those. Right, looking at the reports and data, like I truly feel like a like a businessman if. if if I can call myself, like within five, six years, I I was just thinking about it. It, it seems a big, big change. Uh, but to, to your question of the growth, um, I mean, first year was, especially if uh, if you if you did it uh, the way I started the business without having a proper business plan or or doing the accounting or like figuring out the numbers or doing any market analysis or market market research or how I would make a make myself different compared to we have like few multiple big companies around here and great companies from long long time whether it's alpine ascents or rmi or american alpine institute mountain madness many of those big names right uh, but it was more of a uh, love of doing it rather than thinking about the business side of it uh, but slowly you know the big the, i think the biggest thing is making that connections and and working with the people and uh, uh, having, uh, giving them a good, good experience and giving them a supportive experience where they can feel comfortable and, and not feel like intimidated or uh, well supported rather than look down at, right, more inspired. And uh, so that, that I got a lot of good feedback. And so that was, that was helpful. And, but slowly, uh, you know, you, you just learn the ropes and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's never a smooth, smooth road. I mean, I, I would still say it's more of a, for me at least, it's more of a progression. I didn't have rear setbacks. It's, it's a slow moving, but some sometimes are harder than others. Um, you know, it can be like guiding. You don't have to worry too much if if it doesn't make money. You are not losing too much money either. Whereas running a store in Ballard or in Seattle, you have a huge rent to pay. You have a huge number of employees. The expenses are are way higher. Uh, so if you are not paying attention, things can go bad very quickly. 
and uh, and which is what happened uh, not not because of not paying attention but you know unfortunate the start of covid and all of a sudden uh, that we will have to shut down the stores and but the rent doesn't stop or uh, i mean thankfully the landlords gave us some support during that time uh, but still it's a lot of expenses and a lot of inventory that's sitting there which is getting old so it definitely there was a little bit of panic time for me that time uh, but uh, you uh, maybe because of that or some of that like you learn how to how to change things or how to be nimble and how to be fast and how to use technology and uh, whether getting into online sales and e-commerce and uh, but also in the side a lot of uh, support of the local community like you know they're buying gift cards and uh, coming and uh, buying stuff on the curbside so all of those combined uh, i i feel like we had a good rebound uh, so so even though it was a down but somehow uh, it helped us whether whether to make us force us to do those things which maybe otherwise we would have done slowly uh, to and and then uh, on in addition people wanted to get out a lot more and and the, some, some of that love and support from the local community it helped us come back in a in a good way uh, so now we are i feel definitely in a good good place where we are in terms of uh, um, in terms of our state of business that's great. I mean, especially considering, I mean, I, this is like my own, I guess, mantra the last couple of weeks to like get through this last run of COVID is like, now what's ahead of us is the good weather. Um, you know, six months ago, what we had to look forward to was the winter. Now we have the summer to look forward to. So just thinking about, you know, how much people are going to be wanting to get back outside. Um, I mean, it's going to be bananas on the trail system <laughs> this summer. I think so. That's uh, that's a good part. A lot of people are coming out, but also or it can make the outdoors, enjoying outdoors as well as keeping it, uh, you know, clean and everything more challenging. Yeah, uh, I know. With so many people on that. And also, uh, what, because of, especially because of COVID, you have to drive alone many times. So there are a lot more cars also. Like if we, we had some Mount Baker guided trips and you can't find parking like a mile down the road because everyone, a lot of people are driving single, which they have to. And that's also not good for environment. That's not good for, you know, too much traffic at the trailhead. Uh, but hopefully it will slowly change, change as the vaccine is coming. You got into this work to create more access for other people to feel welcome and invited into the outdoors. Have you seen have you seen trends that make you feel hopeful that 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 it is becoming more inclusive? Has the greater world changed for your clients over the past six years? And I guess I'm thinking about this specifically through the lens of like what, you know, everyone is thinking about a post-COVID world and thinking about what's next for their own business and trying to think a little bit bigger. What are you thinking about to kind of move that needle for, move your work forward and pursue growth? After all, after all this is done, the the first question in terms of how I have I seen some change, I definitely think so. I mean, it could be that I look for you know you see more what you want to see. Maybe it could be, but uh, compared to like two thousand three or two thousand four when I started to get into outdoors, I didn't see that many whether it's Indians or or any person of color um, in the in the mountains. And compared to that, now I see a lot more. And whether it's uh, like my guiding company, that's only, of course, a very. I uh, hopefully it's a very small part of it. But like we get a lot of uh, this year, for example, uh, for summer, I have three groups of Indian women going on Mount Baker climb, and they came as a group. 
And they talked to me like how they already been going on Mailbox and Mount Sai and all of that. And uh, it's inspiring or fe- feeling you definitely feel good about it. And and not just Indians, right? Like I see, uh, I've seen more and more people of color outside uh, these days, as well as uh, people of, you know, not uh, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, from different communities, basically. So that's, uh, um, that's for the first question. Now, the second question, uh, it's uh, in terms of growth. I So my few priorities are, Number one is since I acquired Second Ascent, uh, I, uh, because some of the reasons, as I mentioned to you, like being the expenses being so much higher compared to my guiding business, which I've been uh, able to run very with less expense, uh, the rent and employee costs and all that is a lot higher. I had to put my focus there. I had to put, uh, get on the numbers and reports and everything. So my focus since 2019 this become a little more focused for me compared to my guiding business, which which is more of like my, you know, what I love or what I started uh, for. I mean, in the end, both are serving people like the outdoor community, uh, but that, that was something I started and it got sidelined because of that. So I have put my focus some back on, on guiding. So that's, that's number one. Um, and uh, and again, not I mean, uh, of course, Indian community or or whether it's any of the immigration immigrant community or uh, people of color, uh, you know, uh, like to get get make it more and more accessible to everyone, as well as you know, the, uh, basically for anyone, right? So you want to grow, you want to keep it, uh, uh, keep it. You don't want to become like this. This company is just doing business for for, for this community because that it has to be a mixed. Uh, so that's that's what I'm putting my focus uh, back on. In uh, in terms of uh, a second ascent, uh, the one of the some of the things, if you just talk about the community part, uh, I have missed specifically is like second ascent or now ascent outdoors has been known for like I I attended so many seminars there or presentations there, whether by local climbers or uh, or people talking about you know whether avalanche awareness or any of those things or movie nights. Um, and and you get to meet the community and you you know you hear some great stories and all of that uh, it's but because of covid we haven't been able to do any of that and there is a big difference in doing a avalanche course you know online versus everyone getting together there and talking and hearing some stories and and talking to each other so we have been missing on that so i'm hoping once uh, uh, once it's everything becomes a little more normal i don't know what that normal will be or when that would be uh, but we want to get back into slowly doing some events and and stay being more connected with the community uh, so that's the second thing in terms of just business business like in terms of uh, you know making a big big more bottom line for the business and growing uh, we definitely have seen a big uh, lot more boom in uh, people more and more people wanting to go outdoors uh, like instead of going resort skiing people getting into backcountry skiing a uh, lot more people wanted to go snowshoeing a lot more people want to do camping because maybe they are not traveling outside or and my my hope is that uh, that's the silver lining of this whole COVID situation is that uh, people will continue to because you know once you start to go outdoors you enjoy it and you see how much difference it will make so it will the trend will continue and people will continue to be outdoors and that's uh, that's of course I think overall good for community but that's also good for us as a business because uh, we get more uh, more uh, customers and clientele to support us. So we are investing in more, getting more, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, getting more supplies basically, right? Uh, because of COVID, that's, that's also been a challenge with the, with the supply chain broken. 
Um, so we want to make sure that we can get enough uh, supplies in stock uh, for the next year or two, uh, not, not being like doing a catch up always, which sometimes you end up doing, as well as continue to grow as the uh, our e-commerce side of it. I mean, the reality of the retail these days is, especially since Amazon or many of those and, uh, you know, whether REI by country, any of those, uh, they're like the e-commerce is big, big part of it. And uh, you, I, I love the local store where you can go and talk to people and touch the touch and feel the gear, uh, but to assist to your income and make it, keep it sustainable, you have to do the e-commerce also. Uh, so we are continuing to, as I was mentioning, COVID made us, forced us do more of that. Um, and we learned how to do it better and we were innovative and, you know, look into data and all that. So we are seeing a growth growing trend there too. Uh, so we're, I'll continue to uh, grow in that, that direction as well. That's great. That's a beautiful summary of business growth and, and business goals. And I love that you're, I was actually just talking to my husband about, the, um, and I'm saying this off the record because I don't want to smack talk REI on the record, but I was in a local, I was in the Spokane REI a few weeks ago. And I always forget when you leave Seattle, like not every REI is like the most large and gorgeous REI on the planet like they most of their smaller city REIs are quite small mm -hmm. and I think that they're really missing the boat like I think they haven't they don't know how to scale down their experience they don't know how to build those relationships all they do is like everything on the shelf ends up being the REI brand they don't they don't have a curated experience. They don't have that one-on-one -on -one experience. And like that to me is the value of having smaller and more community-based outdoor shops, um, especially when it comes to like more people getting involved with it. Yeah. So, so talking of that, and again, nothing, uh, uh, nothing against REI, uh, of course, but uh, uh, the talking of that connection, uh, I was recently talking to while when uh, as we are trying to get more guides as for our guiding business. I was recently talking to Ian, who is a local guide, IFMG guide, um, and uh, he was telling me his connection with a second ascent, and that uh, when he was ten year old, he used to go there and hang out, and he would read the guidebooks and look at the climbing gear and talk to the people, and so much that sometime the owner Greg, the the original owner of Second Ascent, Greg, he would give him a ride back at his home. And then he started to work there for some time. Then he got into climbing and mountaineering and then become, took all the AMGA courses, become an IFMGA guide. Uh, so, you know, there is, there is something that inspired him through there. Uh, but, you know, you can't think of an REI owner or, you know, it can, it can only be a small store where the owner is talking to this 10-year-old kid and then driving him back home because he has been hanging hanging out there till the store is closed. Yeah. Uh, so th those kind of connections can only be made in, you know, this small uh, local community stores yeah well let's keep going a little bit on this track of connection and relationships so um i have a question in here about values and i mean i think there's people can make i've heard the argument both ways like starting a business is the best thing ever and starting a business is the dumbest thing ever um but it's <laughs> it is hard it is hard to start a business um, and it is really hard to get into the retail game but you have a pretty clear and strong value set when you are talking but i'm curious whether you as a young 
young person thought you would ever own a business where this did you were you active in considering access issues before you got into this work and then this you've mentioned this relationship building kind of across our talk um where how has that showed up for you in your own value set like what is it about you that has made made you successful in this work i i hadn't thought of uh, before uh, to open any business and all so it was more of a more of an epiphany or an idea that i had while while in the miar valley and that's why i named the business miar adventures in terms of relationship i always been like i loved uh, you know back in india or so like we have big families and i i'm i'm involved with everyone and every every distant relatives families or what's going on and a lot of friends always and here also after i came uh, the way uh, even though i was an outsider and uh, going on hikes on my own like through olympics and all but the best thing that happened to me was joining mountaineers and and making all that friends and community that i found there um, and then the second uh, um, and that's the re whole reason I decided to stay here because before that my plan was to go back to India. Uh, the outdoors and the outdoor community um, and all the support you get through there. Uh, then as well as then getting involved in ASHA for education, which is a charity. Uh, that's uh, that's probably the other thing where where you know I could build that Indian community that that provide back to uh, back to you know underprivileged kids back in India for their education and all. While I can connect to them or help them inspire to you know go do these hikes and and big, bigger climbs which which they never thought they would do uh, so that's that was definitely the a big part of it in terms of access issues my goal was to uh, keeping it accessible in the sense that inspiring them that it's not it's not something that's just these people do or a different people do and we just can't do it um, or if you could starting from hiking mount sai uh, you could push yourself to get on the top of the highest mountain uh, in Washington State, you know, Mount Rainier, and uh, um, and feel strong and and inspire others in the uh, from your from your community. What advice would you offer to people who are interested in getting outside and maybe don't know where to start? They they don't know if it's for them. What? How would you inspire them to get started? Um, it it doesn't have to start with uh, climbing a really hard rock climb or or getting to the summit of Baker. Everyone has their own challenges. But um, it, it could be even just going out on a on a little hike, uh, something like Tiger to Sai to you know mailbox to it could be could be any anything can be a challenge for that personally experience. Uh, being being guiding you know for a few years now now not as much as as I was guiding earlier personally. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I've guided uh, Baker 17, 18 times, and I've climbed more than that. And I could be with a uh, with a with a guest or a or a client on my rope team or or in our group, uh, maybe you know, like a white male guy, for example. And somebody will come and ask them questions about about the route conditions or or anything, and they will just assume I I can't I may not know I probably won't know. Even though I am the guy, and they will, they will direct to like, oh yeah, maybe ask Sandeep. He's the guide. He can, and then they will come to me. Like that's that's pretty common. Even in the the guides, like now, start, slowly a lot of guides know me. Uh, but uh, usually when there are guide guided uh, trips, many times guides will huddle and talk to each other, and I'll always be this in the side. Um, so, I mean, if if someone like me who I can get all the way to like starting from hiking. 
first time on my own and not even having proper gear like first time i did my mount olympus uh, not mount olympus uh, a trip through backpacking trip uh, trip through olympics i had like this old big rucksack and i was carrying a quilt and i have the car camping stove and that's how i backpacked through it i didn't have much any any knowledge and from there now i am you know guiding and running uh, running like the outdoor gear store one of our beloved from seattle area and running a guide company like if i can go all the way from there like there's no reason to to have that fear that you are an outsider in um, in in this climbing or outdoor activities 